nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together, we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle Podcast. What's up, y'all? I hope you have had a beautiful start to your holiday season. We did it. We're on episode 10. We have made it past the episode nine mark where that's where most people give up, honestly, when they start hosting a podcast, but here we are. So this podcast episode was a lot of fun. It was super, super chill. We were literally in my living room, me, my fiance, Kurt, and our best friend, Alex Capantis, just chilling out. So you get a very behind the scenes look of, um, what it's like to just chill with me in my living room. There is a lot of things that we go over in this episode from body dysmorphia. We talk about steroids. We talk about competition and where it has its place. And most of all, what was fascinating to me was talking about body dysmorphia from a male's perspective. Um, I feel like it's one of those topics that's kind of taboo, Guys just tend to not go there, but based on my client interactions and talking to my guy friends, it's something that the guys think about quite a bit. So I'm pulling back the veil. If you're a male, I hope you enjoy this. I hope that in listening to this, you realize that you're not alone and likely a lot of the thoughts that you're experiencing, the other guys are experiencing as well. And for my female listeners out there, just so you know, like guys deal with this stuff too. And truly we should give them permission to feel comfortable enough to discuss it, to talk about it, to vent about it because it's healthy. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're hanging on to emotions, they're just going to get bottled up. And at some point it spews over. So enjoy this episode. I'll catch you later. 
The Starbucks is so close. The the guy knows me by name. We always have like a little. I saw him. Conversation. I I saw him. Our boy John. Yesterday, yeah, and but I was like, he probably doesn't know me. Like I'm not the favorite. No, of the I'm couple. the face of the household who buys the coffee. He, I feel like he like doesn't. Every time we roll through together, he's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm the fiance. Like, hi. Yes. I know you well, guys this are is like, what happens when, when you're the main basis. attraction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do that to me in Dallas when I worked down there for a while. You yeah. can have Starbucks. I'll have the other thing. <laughs> I spend breakfast and lunch at Starbucks <laughs> every day. And there's one of those Starbucks reserves. So it's really fancy ones where there's a legitimate bar that you can sit down yeah. at. Oh, yeah. And you like get a hot toddy and stuff. Yeah, they give you a coffee on like a wooden tray. <laughs> Ooh, and there's one uh, dude who's like, hey, Alex. And I'm like. <laughs> You're like, do I have a name He's like, do you want your whiskey barrel coffee? Because it was like, they had this like coffee aged in the whiskey barrel. So like, Stop. it was fantastic. That sounds amazing. I'm going to have to. either that or coffee with ice cream in it because it was 115 degrees. I'm like, those are my only two things I got in Dallas. Where, oh, Dallas. Was this for your birthday? That no, trip? it was when I worked it on there for like oh. six weeks in a row. Were you just doing it to, to make like extra cash down there? You didn't live down there. Did no, you? they uh, they fired the one IT guy down there. Oh. And since we had like me and my manager both worked in a Cleveland office and that was our territory. Like he was still Midwest. He's like, hey, you want to go cover that office until they hire someone. And they almost hired me, but I was at cold feet about it because I was dating the horrible lady. <laughs> because she's like, you know, if you move down there, do you want me to move with you? And I'm like, I don't really even want to get into this mm. scenario, so I'm not going to say yes to this job. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, weird. I need some time. This is too quick. I need a couple more like, weeks of fun out of this relationship. Yeah. And then I'm ending it. Yeah, because that was a five-year-long relationship, that one. And, like, if I would have had a relationship I wanted to be with, like, yeah. long term, I would have probably lived in Dallas and had that job. Because I didn't want to, like, move by so myself. We, we, so it's a good thing. Yeah. We would Sorry really about that time of your life, but it worked out for us. We yeah. got a, a solid friend out of it. A good friend out of it. I hope you're making six figures by now. Well. Based on the pay structure they fucking had. <laughs> oh, and, and in Texas. Like, no income tax. Oh, yeah. Income tax. And then you could buy... Could uh, you imagine moving from Tennessee or Texas to California? With or the, vice versa. With the, yeah. Well, you instantly make be, more when you... Oh, like, my gosh. Like, all these people who left L.A. and now are in Texas <clears> doing <throat> the same, like, social media market or, like, influencing, yeah. their income just, like, went up, like, 20 to 30 Yeah, because you still right. have your fan base in L.A., on social media, then you're creating a yeah. brand new following in Austin or San Antonio or wherever you're going. Yeah, because some of these influencers, like, you know who Emily Hayden is? Mm-hmm. So, like, she moved back to Austin. She's from Texas, but she moved to L.A., and I think she moved back to Austin. Yeah. Around the same time Joe Rogan did. Because she's a big gun person, too. And almost, like, her income must have just, like, Oh, my jumped. gosh. Yeah. Because all of her stuff is online. She doesn't do anything in person. So it's yeah. like, all right, like, I can do this anywhere. I might as well. The beauty of having an online business. What can The what beauty can of say? being a remote IT professional. <laughs> Flip-flops and shorts whenever you want. two whole hours yesterday. Oh, my gosh. It was hard. All right. Just, can't relate to that, but. Just the stories of, of Alex, like, working in this office in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic. Him just, like, realizing somebody showed up to the office randomly he didn't expect, and he's in there, and shorts, a t-shirt, and flip-flops, he's trying to scurry to his office. <laughs> you, can see, you just hear, <laughs> going down the hallway. <laughs> it's fucking frightening when I'm in the bathroom and someone opens up the door and looks like, You've been, there's there. no in here. <laughs> You've been in there for 20 minutes just scrolling through memes, and you're like, oh shit. Because well, like, I work this to the today. office now, and like, I sh- I'm supposed to work 8 to 4 every day. And I got to the office at like 9.30 and left at 11.30, and I'm like, well, this is done. <laughs> Hello, it is 
Kim. We are at NSLHQ hanging out with my boys. All three. All three of them. I got uh, Simba, our puppy. If you guys have not seen pictures of him, he's beautiful. He's a <laughs> pit bull dog day Bordeaux mix, and he is lying on Alex Capantis's lap right now. Hello. <laughs> this is Alex. He is one of our very close friends and Kurt's training partner. Kurt, go ahead and reintroduce yourself. I am Kurt Shambaugh, the fiance of the beautiful Kimberly Banks. Oh, thanks so much. Yep, no problem. So, um, <laughs> Alex, tell us a little bit about you with just you personally, your fitness. What, like, who are you? What do you do? I'm an IT engineer for a marketing company, and I've been working out for all of my 30, so half my life almost at this point, like 15-ish years. Pretty much a professional. Yeah. But I've only been powerlifting for two years with Kurt, and then before that it was just like bodybuilding mm -hmm. nonsense, which kind of... It's his own ball of nonsense that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kurt, give us your background with your fitness. I don't... Last time you were on the podcast, we really didn't get yeah, too we just deeply talked, into that. We just chit-chatted. Yeah. Um, so, 30 years old now. I'm Alex's elder. So, he, he needs to put some respect on my name. Um, <laughs> um, so, around 15 or 16, so probably around the same time, Alex started started working out. Um, that's when I like finally grew up out of my like 5'4 frame. I was 5'4, five, 5'5, five, five, like pretty tubby. Um, and then I shot up to around 6'2, six, 6'3 six, in about a year or two. Um, and then when that happened, I was very rail thin. And a small breeze could have taken me to a different state. <laughs> so. What? How old were you then? Um, 15, 16. <clears throat> so I started high school a bit early, like a year early, just because of where my birthday is. Um, and I think freshman year, sophomore year, I started to get that growth spurt happening. Uh, sophomore to junior, that's when I started to like really dabble into bodybuilding, trying to fill out the frame. My brother um, had already been doing a bunch of bodybuilding before, so he kind of got me into it. So it was, it was kind of nice having a an onboard, so to speak, mm -hmm. like somebody who'd been involved in the um, in the space and. Uh, it was it was nice and easy to go to like a typical old school iron bodybuilding gym when I already had my brother who'd been doing it for three or four years already had relationships with the gym so I could go there with him for a couple months get my feet under me and then really start to just go on my own and do my own thing yeah so I think honestly without that I could have just stayed rail thin and never gotten into it because mm -hmm. I was I was curious about it I wanted to fill out obviously for my own like confidence and for like girls too because mm -hmm. when you're that age that's all you're thinking about. Um, <laughs> Alex is nodding his head. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm really thankful for my brother being involved in bodybuilding because I don't think I ever would have gotten into it without him. And it's yeah. really a, it's a solid portion of my life now. It's like you know five, six days a week, an hour and a half, two hours each day, and it's a nice little therapy session. Yeah. You know, it's you can kind of let everything go and not think about anything else, and it's really nice to relax. You get to hang with your boys. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's good. And I get to see you across the gym. So it's that's, true. That's very yeah. nice. That's the beauty about C4 Athletics. On one side, we have, like, open gym. And on the other side, we have CrossFit class going on. So, typically, like, you guys get started now, what, five? Ish. Yeah. And I'm coaching yeah. at 
six fifteen, so I'm there before that, and then we're <laughs> running into each other, giving each other some shit before class. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's fun to. It's a good space. I really like the the environment we have there. It's it's very, it's very motivating, especially like we're getting in, getting into winter winter time now, and it's gonna be mm -hmm. darker sooner, and that's kind of what people typically fall off to. Yeah. In the wintertime, they're not worried about popping their top at the beach. Yep. Or anything like that. <laughs> Alex always, is like, I've got trips to take. I'm always beach things. ready. <laughs> <laughs> always ready. Yeah. It's, it's weird, though, because your story about getting started and working out, it's almost the same as mine, because my older brother got me into working out. Because he's been a personal trainer for well over a decade, and he was working out before that. Because he used to be a little chubby kid. And oh, so yeah. he wanted to get, like, in shape. So you started, because we got, like, a the bench, squat, all one little thing in the yeah. basement with a little leg extension at the end of the like bench press. Like, so you could do like your whole workout in this one piece of equipment. And we had that in the basement for years. And like, at one point, like it was mandatory in my house to do like an hour workout. Like my dad would come home. Your dad would. And he'd be like, you guys do your workout today? And I'm like, no. Oh, it was wow. like homework. That's yeah. kind of cool. And he's just like, we had this thing. He's like, you guys need to like, if you guys start it, he's like, we spent the money on this he's like my yeah. brother was always diligently doing it because like being like a chubby kid growing up like obviously you kind of get made fun of and stuff so like he like i obviously made a career out of it so like he's a power lifter too for some context for you all yeah and he's a director of fitness for a big millionaires club downtown cleveland so like he's been doing this his whole life and it's like obsessed with it like he wouldn't read any other books unless it was like about bodybuilding or like mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone or any of this other stuff because it's like he looked up to these people who were like in the 80s and 90s, these action stars, and he's just like, these people are in like ridiculous shape. He's like, that's what I want to do. And then eventually I started doing yeah. some of that nonsense. Now, with your dad kind of enforcing you all to work out, was it, did it feel like punishment or a chore for mm -hmm. a while or, okay? Yeah, I hated that first. How old? When I was like 15, 16. When, okay. Yeah. When I was like, I might have been like 14 when I was told to start doing it. Because I know my brother was like 17 when he started and I didn't work out those first couple of years because I was like 12 when he started. But as soon as I like got big enough to where like my dad thought I should be working out, it became like, all right, yeah, you need to start doing this. And it was like didn't want to do it at all yeah I'm like I have asked that obviously yeah it's the I think it's just the general <laughs> rebelliousness yeah. of being that age it's like when you're told to do something you just want to do the exact opposite well I didn't really care about stuff when I was like 14 so like I wanted to play video games and like hang yeah. out with my friends and then like you said like once you start going to like school and you start liking certain girls and you're like but you realize girls are a thing you're like whoa <laughs> yeah I was, I was real thin for a long or real skinny for like a long time like even into high school, like, I was just skin and bone, so yeah. I wanted to get bigger. But that was, like, once you start working out, you always want to get larger. I don't think you ever hit a goal and, like, are happy with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is, like, kind of not constructive at the end of the day. But. But it also kind of, I don't know, it's a double-sided sword, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not constructive. But at the same time, that's kind of the, the the little mini fire that if you're not motivated that day, you're like, if I don't yeah. do this, I'm going to lose some progress and I'm going to feel even worse tomorrow like, and it's going to be a slippery slope. Imagine if 
you looked at yourself in the mirror and you're like, yep, I made it. I'm good. Like your motivation would probably go out the window. You have to work a lot harder and dig a lot deeper to get yourself to the gym and eat correctly. And I, I think it's, it's that way with anything, right? Of course. I, I, don't, I don't remember it, like anything I've ever done where I'm just like, <laughs> I'm happy with it and it can't be improved. It's perfect. I don't think it's ever perfect. Right. But that's, that's life in general. Yeah. You know, we go through, it's a cyclical pattern again and again, but it's just at a different level, you know, new levels, new devils. So it's just, you, you change, you know, you get to that goal and like, we could honestly do a whole podcast on this. It's like, you get to your goal and then, then what happens, you know, do you enjoy it? Do you spend time celebrating or do you only give yourself like a half a second to be like, Oh, I made it. Okay. On to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that depends on if you attach yourself worth to these things, and that which is what I did growing up. That's what I was gonna ask. So I want your perspective on that, Alex. Take me through kind of your progression of that and the lessons you learned, and if it's still a thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. You and I literally haven't ever talked about this before, so I'm curious. So like I started when I was like 150 ish pounds, I would say in high school, and like I wanted like my goal was like get to like 175 maybe like 180 because mm-hmm. that seemed like a lot of weight if you think about it especially for a kid yeah yeah and I was eating like just as much stuff as I could because I was just like needed to get bigger and like my metabolism was still through the roof that it wasn't like bad weight yeah and I was still like I was starting to see like muscle get put on I was starting to see like weird like just amounts of growth in a short period of time because it was the first time I started working out no plateaus. That's the those newbie gains. There's nothing like it. But then you start like chasing that weird high because it's like you get bigger, but there's always someone bigger at the gym. Yeah. And then we started. We started before Instagram, thankfully. I have a qu- I have a quick question. Yeah. Hold your thought because I want you to like get back into this now. When you guys, be it now or then. Do, do, do guys walk around the gym comparing themselves in the same way that women do? I mean, I'm sure 100%. Yeah. 100%. Consistently. And I think, at least me, if I'm friendly with, if I know the person, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them, like, dude, sick pump today. Yeah. I don't know if it's that way with women. Some uh, girls compliment I, each other sometimes. I think it's more catty. I, yeah, I think there's some... It depends on the... It's like if you know the girl, I think you can be complimentary, but sometimes I think there's girls that are like catty with stuff. Yeah. But like with guys, it's definitely like that. Like you see someone like putting up huge numbers or like walking around huge or ripped or something, you're just like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And you're like, that's like the biggest fish in a small pond, I yeah. guess, at this gym. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the difference that I see, especially as a coach, because you get to kind of sit back and watch dynamics, is that I'll watch a guy make a crazy lift and the other guys are watching and they kind of, it's like this slight kind of eye roll and they'll kind of just step back and be like, oh shit, you know? And then with the girls, the girls are more vocal. They're like, whoa, like, wow, wish I could do that. Oh my gosh. And they'll kind of like, um, feed it in that way. Yeah. I think, well, there's the competitive aspect too, right? Like you kind of got to keep your, yeah, keep so, it close to your vest that you're, yeah, you yeah. feel. Cause so, if you go to like a co-ed gym and you see girls watching this dude, like, put up huge weight and you're staring at him staring at this guy yeah and like mother now, 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 now are you talking about a girl seeing a girl yes hit, hit a big weight and i'm like, talking oh, about job. 
I'm talking about girls comparing themselves to girls. And I'm just talking about putting up weight in the gym. Now, if it's yeah. like just aesthetically, it, it depends on the girl. Like you're saying, I've seen people be catty. And these are people that are just immature. Like they, they're stuck in that comparison trap. That's my observation. Mm -hmm. And then like there are the other side of it that hype the girls up. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, like your ass is amazing. Like I wish I had arms like that. And then you have the people that make passive aggressive comments. Yeah. Which I experience quite a bit as an individual. Um, and, and so girls, what I, anyway, my point is like, I see girls are more vocal and I feel like guys are kind of like keeping that more close to the vest of like, oh shit, I need to like work harder. It's that and then that's like the ego lifting thing. Like, yeah. I've been in a lot of gyms where like, as Kurt knows, I've always had, I have shoulder press a decent amount for my size and like yeah. I've been at gyms, like even in college where I'm working out by myself, shoulder pressing and like, four kids next to me, not even kids, they were my age, uh -huh. but they started, like, trying to just to lift the same exact dumbbells that I'm lifting, and yeah. like, I had no problem with it, like, if you can do it, you can do it, if you can't, you probably shouldn't be doing that, but they're, like, it didn't look good, it looked yeah. like they were, like, asking for an injury, but I'm, like, uh -huh. and I wasn't being, like, weird about it, I wasn't, like, slamming weights down and, like, challenging them, it's just, like, if you were in the group, like, if you're in a gym with your friends and you see one dude, like, putting up a lot of weight there's one dude in that group that's gonna be like i can do that yeah well i mean even in our our lifting sessions like we'll try to ego lift each other but, yeah because Kurt puts two and a half pounds on the side of our yeah. weight to beat me by <laughs> because <laughs> more weight's more weight alex it is <laughs> i listen to the instructions so there's like this balance of friendly banter versus like you have assholes that have just gotten into the gym and kind of are new to the game i don't even and think assholes like i think the guys that Alex was talking about, they're just, they're just like, crap, I, I really want to try that too. They're like, well, yeah. if, he, if he could do it, I could do it. We look like generally the same size, but Alex was saying you. like for his size, like he has really good shoulder press. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense sometimes. Like even in our, our lifting sessions, like he'll say, I, I have dancer shoulders and honestly, I agree with him <laughs> because like, what does this mean? Well, he has, he has large shoulders, but like when we're doing shoulder press, sometimes his will give out at like. Like, like fuck 40. Yeah. And, like, I'll just keep putting weight on top of it and mm -hmm. then on top of it and then on top of it. So you're... Down. Okay. And yeah. Like, Your endurance is... Yeah, he has really strong shoulder press. So it's always one lift where I'm just like... <laughs> I, I, I'm still like, oh, great lift, Alex. Like, I'll still hype him up for it. But then in the, nec in the next one where I know, like, it's a flat bench, I'm going to try and do more. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, like, a healthy way of yeah. being with people. There's, like, an unhealthy yeah. and there's a healthy way. And I think yeah. it all comes down to if you know the people in the gym. Like, there's some people right. in the gym, and, like, I don't know how CrossFit is. Like, I could see this happening because, like, if you don't know the guy, like, you want to beat their time. Like, you see this new guy coming to the oh, gym, yeah. and, like, it's almost like this is my place. And then you see them, like, blowing yeah. past you in CrossFit. I'm like, I'm sure there's some guys who will probably try to kick it up even if they, uh -huh. yeah. if they, if <laughs> they, they shouldn't be pacing it that um, way. Like, yeah, it's the bane of my existence as a fucking coach, you guys. Like, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Ugh, yeah. That's why it all comes down to the person. And, like, I don't really have much of an ego anymore because, I don't know. I think I've learned that. That's a positive thing I've learned from Instagram is, like, people are abnormally stronger than me. And I'm like, there's no point in me ever having an ego because I'm like, there's right. never going to be a time where I'm, like, yeah. the number one in the sport. Like, there's genetic freaks that are... Right. In my weight class that are like number one in the world. Exactly. And you have to think of it this way, right? Like, even if you are the best in the world, let's say you are, you know, Rich Froning, Matt Fraser, like you hit that consistent first place again and again and again. Guess what? 
at some point in your life, like, you're not going to be first place anymore. Yeah, it happened to Froney with the individuals. Like, he yeah. won, like, what, five, four or five years in a row, and then, like, you could tell he's he's not the same he used to be. He likes right. doing team stuff now, but, like, yeah, eventually. It happens with every single sport. Like, yeah. age catches up to you unless you're Tom Brady. Yeah. That yes. He's weird stuff. Freak of nature. Oh, yeah. And there are. There are complete just freaks of nature that have... You know, with their genetics. They're the genetic just, lottery. It's like yeah. Miles Garrett, and there's a couple other people yeah. that well, just like come LeBron's out held on pretty well for his age, too. Well, I think like, everybody would say that Tom Brady was not the genetic lottery. No, like his work ethic and like that's intelligence. A, exactly. His recovery. It's, it's yeah. because well, like. He spends millions of dollars a year right. on that stuff, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like you, you are as good as your recovery at the end of the day. You know, if you're acting a fool and you don't sleep and you're not eating right, like you're wasting your damn time at the gym. Especially like if you're an established athlete, like you can totally get away with it when you're newer to the gym and you're making the newbie games. And like what Alex was talking about, being (laughs) super young, I would say, what would you say like your metabolism started to slow down at like 23? It slowed down when I forced it to slow down. When you forced it to slow down? What does that mean? Like... When I was trying, so once I hit that like 175, 180, uh-huh. I was like decently sized, like in my eyes. Like I saw pictures of Instagram where like I'm fairly lean and like I'm not nearly as big as I am now, but I'm like, this is where I wanted to be at one point. But then I'm like, I want to hit 200. Like as soon as I hit right. 180 in my head, I'm like, 200 is like, then I'll be big. Right. So like I was eating like tubs of ice cream and like, cause I was like, <laughs> The ones, with the, the ones with the handle on, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just pure high-fructose corn syrup oh, yeah. food coloring. Like, it was weird because it was, like, so in gross. my eyes. You mean was... mass booster? <laughs> this is thinking, not Kim-recommended, you guys. Yeah, I was Hold thinking this kind of <laughs> protein and all that other stuff because, like, back then, like, my favorite bodybuilder was Jay Cutler and, like, yeah. one Mr. Olympia. He would get, he would balloon up in the off-season because they yeah. had a bulking season and cutting season, and it wasn't a clean bulk. It was always It was like, dirty. dirty bulk, yep. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get up to, like, 200 and like I need to slow my metabolism down because like I wouldn't do cardio and I was just like shredding anything I put in my body and like Mm -hmm. it wasn't but then also I think I just hit a natural plateau where you're not gaining a pound of muscle every two Mm -hmm. weeks like you were when you first started so like I thought that was like all right I'm stuck so I need to Mm -hmm. like force feed myself like tons of meat tons of like rice and lots of like cleaned it up well this is when I was still trying to get to 200 but the fastest way possible. Were you still eating, like, shit calories, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, eventually, like, the never big enough thing happened. Like, I hit 200, and I'm like, well, And you're like, now I'm here. Oh. Like, I got all the way up to, like, 215, which was a lot for my frame at the time, because I yeah. was, like, I was 22, 23 at that point. So, like, in the period when I took lifting seriously at age 18... To 23, I think I put on like 45 to 50 pounds. Damn. Because I was just like always pushing to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Because mm-hmm. I thought that was like the goal. Yeah. Like you want to be a big fucking dude in the gym. Like you want to be that dude who walks in and people are like, all right, that dude like can lift a lot of weight. Yeah. And all this other nonsense. Would Would you say that you like? Did you have some? Did you ever have body image issues? Oh yeah, still do. Okay. I had him from the from the get go because I was always too skinny and then I was the gas skinny. station. What? The get go? No. Oh my gosh! Stop. <laughs> my dad jokes coming in here. <laughs> no, but it was like I always thought I was too small to like. I wasn't big enough because my brother was also bigger than me for 
He still is now, too. Like, for a while, I eclipsed him when he was, like... Eclipsed him. I think he was, like... Literally. <laughs> I think he was, like, 190s before he started, like, powerlifting. Because that's the other thing, too. Powerlifting back in the day was a bunch of fat dudes. Yeah. In, like, those fucking suits. That, like, yeah. so you weren't really... It was weird. It was a weird sport, and it wasn't marketed well, and it didn't have a good image. So you like, just wanted a big belly. Yeah. Pretty much right. to bounce that bar. So, like, bodybuilding was the only thing. And this was, like, when... Instagram started to explode when I was like 22, so like Gymshark was just getting big, and like all I followed on Instagram were like bodybuilders and physique competitors and just yeah. gigantic ripped people. So like your self image was fucking horrible because yeah. you're like 365 days a year just do shredded and big and lifting weights and like you're like how the hell do I like get close to that? Right. So it's like it was a comparative mindset for a long time. Like yeah. I did, there was one day where I unfollowed 450 accounts because I was just like looking through my feed yeah. and I'm like, this is not all healthy. the same thing. I'm like, first of all, all the same thing. If it was girls, it was girls in like bikinis with the, like this show in their butt. Yeah. And it's like, you almost become desensitized to it because I'm like, this is kind of just, everyone's doing the same thing. And it was all the dudes were just like all on a bunch of yeah. illegal substances and like. It's saying they're natty still. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah and they were doing it and they were just like hardcore dieting all year to the point where some of you even said they're like I was fucking miserable because mm-hmm. it's not fun to be like no people I love when bodybuilders come out and are like and I mean I, I've had my experience with this with my distorted eating patterns you kind of like put on a face because you're working hard and you want to be um, I guess recognized for your hard work but you yeah. don't want to show the pain of it and truly we understand, like, it's not healthy. It is yeah. not healthy to be a very, very low body fat percentage for the entire year. Yeah, like, phys- physically and men- mentally. Physically, too. mentally, you yeah. you kind of, when you get to that level, you have to lock yourself up and throw away the key. Like, you're not being social. Yeah. It's a very lonely, lonely process. And, like, your hormones are fucked. Like, mm-hmm. your sex drive goes way down. Mm-hmm. Your interests in things go way down. Like, you're not the same person. Well, mm-hmm. that's, like, the thing that I talked about before with, because my image of myself is now vastly different because I attach self-worth to, like, gym stuff. Yeah. And, like, I remember dating a girl or just talking to a girl when I was, like, 20, like, in my mid-20s. And she's, like, the most unattractive thing is someone whose entire identity is one thing. Like, Mm. whether it be, like, being a gym bro where literally all you do is eat sleep and talk about the gym yep or if your whole life is like school like if all you do is care about like the fact that you're becoming a physicist and all you do is this like you have zero outside interests or like variance to your personality like Uh you are the most shallow thing about you you're the one thing that like obviously you're passionate about like i love the gym but they're like if this is all you have to offer like no one's gonna want to be around this for like yeah long periods of time because like it gets boring like all right cool mm-hmm. like we know you're eating chicken and rice like do you want to talk about politics or sports or yeah. something else and it's like well i only really know about that i'm like all right cool well all right exhausted the gym talk it's a very good perspective i agree with that 100 percent. it's like uh what is the difference between a, a foot wide and a mile deep and a, a mile wide and a foot deep on everything right mm-hmm. it's like you need to be well balanced and if you're only becoming a physicist <laughs> well yeah because that's and i think that's the problem with some people that i've met in my line of work I know some very intelligent people but they like their entire 
late teens and early 20s would have spent like getting this big degree and they didn't right. have like any socialization like they'd go to like these yeah. company parties and I'd go there and have fun because I know what parties are supposed to be like and they'd sit in the corner like not sure what to do because like well I never went to a party in my entire college experience yeah. and, like didn't have friends that had parties it was always just like we weren't studying we were in class and if we weren't in class we were studying and I'm like mm. yeah it kind of is weird because you have a warped sense of yeah. reality just like gym guys if all your friends are gym people you have a warped sense of what's important in life mm-hmm. you'll go mm-hmm. into like a group that doesn't work out and be like oh, i had spent three hours i have to eat chicken and rice and everyone be like all right psychopath yeah <laughs> been there too <laughs> yeah and it's like once you get out of that bubble yeah and you realize you just spent five years doing one thing and nothing else like you realize you don't have tons going on well that that creates the, the conflict too like in just general society, like I feel like a lot of people are going a mile deep on one thing, and that is their entire soul identity. And then that's then you have two people in completely different buckets that are a mile wide in their field, or a mile deep in their field, and yep. that's the only thing that they know and respect. And then they hear someone else's point of view, and then they're like, "Holy shit, that that person's an idiot." Just but just because they didn't have like you're saying the party like the perspective, yeah, the perspective of like different different ideas of thought I don't know. well it's interesting too like imagine you follow someone and they do the one thing that they do to a level of mastery mm-hmm. but like you're saying that's the thing is we don't what we don't understand as a viewer is that that might be all that they do and like I've talked about this before that these people like how are their relationships how is their level of contentment and fun and life balance otherwise I think of somebody like Gary V I feel like Gary V I feel like from what I've heard of him in the past five years he seems to be more balanced with his family life but I feel like initially when he was first starting out you talk about how he was like I didn't go anywhere I lived in this tiny apartment and it was just like all this sacrifice selling wine yeah yeah and and I'm like he sounds like a fucking miserable person like during that span of time, I can't imagine yeah. what his life balance was like then. Well, it's, I think he, he has the freedom financially now, though. He, to, people, people are wired differently, right? He, he that, enjoys yeah. like some people just enjoy the actual process. Right. Some people enjoy getting punched in the mouth. Will that right. be literally? Like people who want to go into a ring and fight, or right. people who want to take L's in their business world mm-hmm. and think like that's that's a that's a W in the long run. It's not, it's an L in the short term, but in the long run, that's a W because I know what not to do. Right. And, but I think of it from the perspective of, like, his wife or whoever. And, and like, who knows? I have, I'm just totally shooting from the hip here. But, like, I can't imagine being in a relationship with someone like that that's so hyper-focused on the one thing. And, like, it's just not, you're not getting that even-killed fulfillment from them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, a, it's all different values. Right? I mean, that's a, yeah. some people, I I mean, she could have her own thing. She could be a, a housewife. I'm not sure what she does. I, I mean, have no clue. Obviously, I have no clue. I'm just kind of Yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's just different values in general. I mean, you got to find the person that works well with you and comports well. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So, you mentioned now that, like, comparison is something that you struggle with and body image. So, what does it look like now? I mean if you're willing to go there and talk about like the emotions or feelings or thoughts that you have. I think, uh, I think I'll always have body dysmorphia. Like I'm not fat by any means, but like I'm not as lean as I was like a year and a half ago when I started powerlifting because my focus isn't on like 
leanness and all that. It's mm-hmm. more around strength. So, like, I've sacrificed a little bit of it. Not tons, but, like, enough to where if I'm walking around, I'm like, I'm fat. Like, <laughs> Bailey's like, you're not fat. She's like, I wouldn't date you if you were fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but it's just, like, one of those things where, like, I know where I have been. So, like, I'm comparing it almost to myself mm-hmm. in a way because I'm, like, which is weird because I'm, like, I also know I was eating a lot less and I was a, not as strong because I was just focused on, like, appearance. Yeah. So it's weird because your body, now I look at my body as more of a tool. Like, I don't see it as, like, just trying to look good. I'm trying to look at it to, like, make it the strongest, healthiest, most, like, efficient form it's ever been, which I think I'm at. But, like, at the same time, it doesn't look, like, I used to look efficient back in the day. Like, I used to look like I was athletic because I'm, like, I had my shoulders were popping out. I had like some semblance of abs, and like my back looked like it had like muscle in it. And I'm just like, now I'm thicker, and like I can do a lot more. Yeah, it's it's a uh, that comparison of go muscles to show muscles. Yeah, and it's weird too, because like a couple of like John Hack on Instagram is he used to be in my weight class. Now he's in the 198 weight class, but he has like every world record right now. He just became like number one. Like a couple months ago, is that is that the guy who he used to created be, a hack squat or no? No, not related. Okay, no, this dude. Uh, he used to be in the one eighty one weight class when he was natural, and he destroyed every single world record. Like, and he got bored with it, so he got on steroids, and mm-hmm. now he's destroying all the one ninety eight weight classes. <laughs> but like, he posts pictures, and he's like shredded, and has like he looks like a bodybuilder, but he's also the strongest person yeah. in the world, pretty much. And it's just weird because I'm like, it goes back to that comparison. Like, I go on Instagram and, like, he's like, I'm warming up bench press today with 530 pounds for 4 by 8 And I'm like, what the? Good what? Lord. When he was natty at 181, was he still shredded? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah, he was still in ridiculous. Because I think he's one of those genetic freaks. Because, yeah. like, even when he was natural, because he was competing in drug tested leagues back then, like, he was benching in the 400s yeah. and, like, squatting and deadlifting in like the high sevens and low eights as a natural in my weight class that's and that's literally twice almost of what i'm doing in some of these lifts and i'm like this is just odd and now i watch him and a couple other top power lifters like warming up and like hitting stuff and i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm like we're kind of the same size not off by much and i'm like you're lifting like 300 pounds more than me and it's how many years have they been doing it like you've been doing it in a dedicated way for a few years now you know what i mean It's kind of that comparing your chapter. And that's when you have to like chapter thirty. And they are doing that practically for their full time job. Like they're in the gym twice a day. Yeah. Like same thing with these like Instagram models. When I you used to look at them back in the day, I'm like these people all they do. That's all they do. Sleep and like work at their aesthetics. And And then like you have a desk job and you go to the gym for like an hour and a half. You're like, why don't I look like? Yeah. You want your hobby to look the same as their lifestyle? Yes. Yeah, but that. I don't think body dysmorphia goes away. Like, I think you can manage it and have, like, more positive thoughts on yourself and more, like, self-correction to where you start, like, getting down. You're, like, when you're down about, like, you look fine. Like, right. you the have person a... you're with, like, likes the way you look. Like, you're stronger than ever. Like, as long as you have, like, I don't know what the word would be, like, grounding perspective. Goals. Self-awareness. Yeah. Like, if you have a way to, like, look at certain things and ground yourself, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. It, it's also like you're talking about the virtual perspective like you surrounded um or your entire feed was like just girls in bikinis 
guys share out of their minds, and then you're going to the gym where that's a, a good majority of people going there are probably looking not close to that, but I mean, look fit, right? So I think it's the perspective of like when I go when I go to work, like I'm I'm young for my work, and not a lot of people lift or like really value kind of like I don't know, uh, like physical performance and stuff like that. So I feel like an Adonis at work, mm-hmm. right? But then I go to the gym, it's like, I'm just one of the other schmucks there. Yeah. So it's like, if you're constantly going going to the gym, and then your feed is constantly that, when you're outside of the gym, then it's just like shredded people, mm-hmm. then you never get that perspective. Well, of like, well, compared to the rest of the world population, you're in the top 1%. Yeah, and that's why like I talk to certain friends who like get weird about their physique, and I'm like, that's because you're in the gym, or you're around fit people 24-7. Like, your friends are fit. Yeah. Like... You're in the gym all the time. I'm go like, to a bar. Go to a mall. Go to a Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's true. Target, like, if you walk around and whatever. look at average Americans who don't work out, like, then you're like, oh. You're like, am I... Because if you're in a bubble, like, especially in the past year, like, working remote, we were talking about, like... Oh, there's yeah. There's no one in my office, so, like, I only see myself, like... Just flexing the mirrors yeah. as you walk by. <laughs> I can't deny that I do that. <laughs> <laughs> can neither confirm nor deny. But We've like, seen it from like, the It's only the gym. me, and then when I go home, I'm going to the gym where I see all my friends who are like fit, and like everyone at the gym's in good shape. And I'm like going home, and I'm like either researching powerlifting stuff, or I go on my feed and I see powerlifting stuff, so I'm like, 24 hours of my day, I'm only seeing and being exposed to like people who like are dedicated to gym stuff. And it's like sometimes I don't go out around the general public unless I'm going out to drink or I'm going to like my parents' house and mm-hmm. like stop at the mall for something and I'm like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, you forget. Yeah, because you're in a little bubble of fitness. And like that's, I mean, you summed up my life to a T. I work from home around this man all day and then I go to the gym and yeah, and then you go, you go out into the real world and you're like, oh, forget that people like don't take care of themselves and... You know, don't yeah. really... You go from 15% body fat to 16 and you think you're fat and then you're like, well, everyone else is 40, so... Yeah, yeah. It's, um... Not to be insulting or anything to people, because I know sometimes it comes up as, like, arrogant when people say that, like, oh, you're so fit, and I'm like, eh. It's, but it's... Yeah, it's just, it's just wanting wanting better for yourself, right? Yeah. Everyone has, like we talked about earlier, <clears throat> everyone has that one thing where they're like, I could be better, and they yeah. give them a compliment on it. Like, somebody could be, like, making a quilt, and you're like, wow, that quilt's amazing. Like, nah, I could have done that cross-stitch better. Yeah. It's like, it's just all perspective of the world you're in. Well, there's a way to look at it, too. So, I'm going to kind of, like, illustrate something. So, think of, like, a gas gauge, and on one side is sickness, the middle is wellness, and then the other side is fitness. Like, if you take that from sickness, let's say that that's that person that's, you know, 30 plus percent, 40, and I'm talking about males here, 30 is um, close to being healthy for a female, but... 30 plus percent for a male on that sickness side and then you take it to the middle which is like your average guy like maybe he goes and bodybuilds but he's a dad and like doesn't really spend a lot of time on this stuff and then you have somebody that's on the fitness side of things you you can let's say they're like a professional athlete to that degree and like that's all that they're consumed by you can take that to an unhealthy degree as well right like once we drop below a certain body fat percentage or your life balance is thrown so out of whack that it like ruins your life. Yeah. You're just redlining at that point. It's, it comes down to like, what do you value? How can you stay healthy? 
and, and like you were saying like oh you know not to offend anybody but it's true like if you're over 30 percent body fat the thing is like you have a lot of health metrics that are likely going to be fucked up and like that if you stay on that path you're not going to be well like you might to be super super blunt die early you know what i mean so yeah. it's just that's reality there's there's like a, a happy middle ground so it's it's that where do we find that balance of really being comfortable in our skin this is my perspective really being comfortable in our skin challenging ourselves like with that healthy you know competition of ego at the gym and you know because like competitive is healthy yeah or competition is healthy you know to a degree and then how can we also have life balance and and i think that's where you have to find a way to cut it off there though because then it gets into like unhealthy obsession because like exactly you have to kind of know that's the red path of like working out and being obsessed with something which like i was around a lot of people who did steroids at the gym i like saw people doing it and like i saw people make incredible jumps and then it's like all right so you end up going on like Mm -hmm. this obsessive path to get to the next level because like you start to realize like jay cutler and all these other big power (laughs) or bodybuilders back in the day who like sponsored by cellicor i'm like they're not taking cellicor they're (laughs) taking a lot of extra stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like you see someone at the gym who's like well i can get you that stuff if you want you're like all right well in your head you're like it's all goes back to that like Remember when you first start working out and you put on lots of muscle real fast and then it gets real slow for a while. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, well... You get tempted. Ten years from now, if you just keep at it, you'll look like this. And you're like, ten years? Yep. Even though the time's in the past, it's like, it's weird. Because now it has passed. Like, I remember being 21 thinking about, man, like, 30, if I keep it up, then I'll look like I want to look. Mm-hmm. But I want to look good. Yesterday. Um, 22, not yeah. 32. Like, <gasps> when you start doing stupid stuff and, like... Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it's a weird obsession, especially, like, I can see that sometimes with CrossFit people, because yeah, yeah. it's a oh, yeah. aggressively competitive space, because it is, like, bodybuilding is a very subjective competition, but yeah. CrossFit's a very, like, measurable yeah. competition. did you do it or not? Did you yeah. do it, and did you do it faster? And if you're like, all right, well, if I take this, and it speeds me up enough to beat these people, Mm-hmm. I'll feel better. Because it's not like you can time travel during a workout. Yeah. Well, there are people that do and cut their reps. But, like, you know, you know, as a yeah. coach, you know. I know. Kurt and I were actually just talking about this the other day and just kind of observing people. And it's, like, I've never done steroids. And I'm, I'm very, my values are authenticity and, like, integrity as much as I can. And, like, it's frustrating to see people taking shortcuts and I was talking to Kurt about it in terms of like business and in terms of people buying Instagram followers and then you like look and you're like ooh your likes aren't really matching up with that well, that's a weird part. following like, number bud I try looking at those percentages because like there's some people with huge amounts you're right and I'm like you look at it and you're like there's something like, fishy like, here. you either have fake followers only one percent of your followers actually like actually you. like you and like for me with business it's like i could care less how many followers i have i just want people to like what i'm putting out and want mm-hmm. to hear it you know what i mean but yeah i was talking to kurt like it sucks because you you only have so much time in the day mm-hmm. you know you do want to maybe look a certain way and you want to be so such amount of um successful not the best wording i could use but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um 
and you see people taking shortcuts and it's like, ah, I'm working my ass off. I'm spending this energy into it. It's so tempting just to like take yeah. a shortcut and appear to be a certain way. Yeah. It's also the transparency and how honest people are about what happened. Like, because there's some people like there's, there's a, a pretty cool Instagram that Alex turned me on to, which is a uh, like death grip Derek. Mm -hmm. Like he will just openly, very sarcastically, joke around like oh I'm the natty daddy like I would never touch that stuff yeah and he but he's putting up stupid numbers and he obviously does steroids so so it's like he's obviously he's just saying like yeah obviously I do it yeah like I'm not gonna be dishonest but then you sell people in the industry especially like Arnold Classics uh like stuff like that where you go over to the booths and you see like the I don't know the Brad Castleberries and all those fake weightlifters yeah. <laughs> who are just you just ask them like hey are you using and they'll never admit to it. They'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, chicken, rice, broccoli, like, this is what we're doing. It's like, no, nah, man, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. you can't be walking around, you know, 4 or 5% body fat year-round, like, with that amount of recovery. Like, you, right. you hit seven days a week workouts, like, heavy workouts. It doesn't make sense. That's a big, like, like just be annoyance about Mike mm. O'Hearn in the bodybuilding community. Yes. He's 52, I think. Mm -hmm. And science says your testosterone starts to drop as early as your 30s, let alone your 50s. Wow. And, like, he's shredded and getting bigger and bigger every year. So is his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, he claims, he's like, I've been all natural my entire life, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and, gosh, like, you look you at, can't. He looks better in his 50s than he did in his, like, 30s. Yeah. Lord. Just like, give it up. Just just be honest. Yeah. People like, love that. And people are just like, dude, like, we, there's scientific evidence that this shouldn't be possible yeah like this is just and it's annoying at this point and like death grip Derek, his whole slogan is lifetime natty dot 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 probably and like he has shirts that's that great. say that because it says lifetime natty on the front and the back it says probably and it's like he that's hilarious people do they ask me anything with him and he'll people ask him what his cycle is and he's just like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm just eating chicken and rice but oh my god like he's very obnoxiously like overt about the fact that yeah he takes like yeah trend and whatever else he wants to take to get because he's like i'm he's only 23 and he already is like top five in the world like he's been powerlifting for like two years like he's just yeah. ridiculously strong he's like well the top of the ladder is all taking stuff. Yeah. Like, it's mm -hmm. no point in me trying to be, like, natural and beat all these people because it's just not going to be feasible. And he hasn't even hit his peak yet. Like, he just got here. Yeah, so he's he's on the road to breaking some world records within the next couple of months. Yeah. The way I see it, if you have... This is, like, my point of view on it. If you have a level of influence, I feel like it's your responsibility to, like... Just, I don't know, it, it kind of sucks that it's like people put on this persona of, oh yeah, I, you can do it, I'm natural, and yet they look to, to an insane, they look insane, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, they're sending you, like, it's a red hair and it's a, it's a wild goose chase, right? Right. Yeah, it, it's people it's beat their head against the wall it's as so hard shitty. as they can, they're like, I'm doing the exact workout plan they're doing, I'm buying, like, that's, that's another thing that's, that's a shitty. supplement industry. Yeah. That's why, like, oh, yeah. in the early 2010s, before, I think people started to get very aware of some of this stuff, mm -hmm. like, within the past five to six years, because before that, like, 
all these bodybuilders were on all these things and like the stacks that they would advertise. Like, I remember animal boosters. Like, oh, the way like, casein. You got to get get yeah. the casein because that's three slow release of, protein yeah. at night. Right. Like, there was three different types of protein. There was three different types of pre workouts. There's pump products like you ice creams, your creatine, yeah, you can have, like, <laughs> your a peanut shelf butters. That's like probably three feet wide. Of oh, ridiculous! That just you take for each day. That was the yeah. thing. You go over people's houses. Like, what's your stack, man? And you just look at each, it's it's like a car or like a it's like your train set in the basement. Like what do you what do you, what's your stack, man? I remember the first time I came over to your apartment when we first started dating, and oh, yeah. you had your muscle milk. You're like fourteen pounds yeah. of muscle milk, and then like your create it was like literally stacked up on top of his fridge yeah. to the ceiling. I'm and like, that's why like oh, that's I'm cute. about he those is, savings. He is a bodybuilder. Like buy a ball. And nowadays, like <laughs> you look at stacks, and it's like pre workout, protein, creatine, and maybe like greens. Yeah. Because people have started to smarten up. They're like, I don't really need... Multivitamin probiotics and all the day. Exactly. Like, you don't need tons. A lot of it now is more vitamin-based stuff. Yeah. Like, all right, your micronutrients are jacked. It's not about you having... A pump. All this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. But it's starting to level out. But, like, back in the day, it's like you would see these enormous... This is the Jay Cutler stack. Yeah. This is the Ronnie Coleman stack. It was 125 bucks for it. And you're like, all right, I'll do that. Yeah. And what? you wouldn't see anything. Because they wouldn't talk about the steroids. And that's like and now yeah. people know and they can't They're like, yeah. yeah. There's that video of this dude tried the Rock's cheat day meal. And I'm like, the Rock's cheat day meal is like five days of month. No, it's not it's, that many. First but of all, he's gigantic, so he's he gigantic. needs more calories. Yeah. yeah. It's got a bunch of... So the best part about steroids is like the nutrient partitioning and the recovery. Right. Like you can eat... You're superhuman. Decent food. And it'll get processed at such a higher level and break down better yeah. and you'll absorb more protein. Yeah. So you could be eating Big Macs on steroids and do better than chicken and rice for a natural right. food because you're just like, all right, protein's protein yeah. to me. And it has to do, obviously, too, with your work ethic and your uh, natural genetics on top of it. So you take a freak of nature that's already a freak of nature, you give them some steroids, and then you feed them in a certain way. Like, yeah, they're going to look superhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's what the... Mr. Olympia, Mrs. Olympia, and like maybe powerlifting to a certain extent back in the day, like where people were just not really talking about steroids. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a taboo. Mm-hmm. Now, like the now those industries, I think are a lot more open because about you it. would lose your sponsorship, and that's what Jay Cutler said. He's like, yeah. if you admit it to what the funniest thing is, he did one of those MTV Cribs episodes yeah. back when he won the Mr. Olympia in like two thousand six. I remember that. He, he opened his freezer. freezer, and there's just vials on top of vials. <laughs> Like, oh, you guys weren't supposed to see that, and like grins at the camera and like walks away. And it's just like, that's oh me saying God. it without saying it. Like, yeah, yeah. this is literally that's so how funny. it is. So, so, like, what I'm saying, well, I guess what I'm saying is like how it's becoming less taboo, and people are just like, you know what, they're using well, it. I think that's also come along with the TRT and yeah, hormone replacement, the replacement right. therapy. So, so, like, I'm saying right now, Hollywood is now that new arena where they're like. People, yeah. Mark, Marky Mark's, uh, you know, two month workout to get ready for pain and gain. It's like, no, 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 that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like he's obviously do, working with a doctor, doing it safely because he has like millions of dollars on the line. And then you his know, his work taking, ethic is wild. He gets up at like three a.m. His that schedule so people make fun of that all the time. The Marky Mark workout. Yeah. Like four thirty, gotta wake up. Four forty-five, gotta eat my tuna sandwich. Yeah, uh, the David to Goggins. 451, gotta say hi to my kids in the back of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I budgeted one minute to say good morning. And <laughs> it's just, 
Yeah, the David Goggins, all these things. Like, Stay hard. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I get up at 4.30, and people are like, <laughs> I get up at 9, and I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's it's so funny because I feel like hustle culture is kind of, it's dying off. You know what I mean? Like, people are like, yeah, but we want something realistic. You well, know? It's, and it's not it's, sustainable. Because, it's not sustainable. Like, it, it's the, it's the I, I love the Goggins energy. I think it's right. really good and has its spot. And it, I think it, helps it has people. its but, place, 100%. Yeah. But I think a lot of people take that right now, and they're just like, I'm going to use that for my 9 to 5. Right. And then after that, I'm going to enjoy myself, because I, I put in that David Goggins, mm-hmm. fuck you energy from, from 9 to 5, and that is more than enough to for myself to have a happy, balanced life. Just like I do from 8 to 12. <laughs> four hours of work. I hammer it out when I'm on the couch. Don't you mean 10 to 12? 9.30. He has to get his coffee. What oh, do you oh. want from him? Oh, yeah. oh, oh. My bad, my bad. <laughs> it's a rough day. Long days. Yeah, it's just odd. I think there's a lot. And a lot of it just stems from weird competitive and body dysmorphia stuff. Like, I don't think many people are very comfortable with where they're at if you're in no. the fitness world. The people who are comfortable with where they're at are usually wildly unhealthy. Yes. Those people will have more confidence than probably I do. Right. But it's like once you start working on yourself and you see what you can change and what you can manipulate through diet and exercise, mm-hmm. like if you're not at your peak all the time, yeah. even if it's like your own personal peak, like I've never had like a shredded six pack, so mm-hmm. I know I've never like think I should be that, but like I can look at my own Instagram and look at like parts where I've been like yeah. two years ago and been like self comparisons and like. Yeah, I'm finding my fulfillments for, like, physical performance and, uh, like, gym life now is coming more from my effort day to day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if I'm satisfied with the work I put in that day at the gym. Yeah. Like, did, did I hit all my sets with, like, 100% effort? Did I put in that extra 15, 20 minutes of cardio at the end with, like, a little ab session or something? Well, that's like, we were, we were even trying to squeeze in some extra cardio at the end of the workout yesterday on two bikes, like, playing catch with the football, so we didn't realize we were doing cardio. Because, yeah. like, we didn't want to do cardio, but it's like, let's distract ourselves and play catch with the football. <laughs> I like to over that's, like, that's the weird part about, like, the whole effort thing bothers me sometimes with powerlifting because we do have deload weeks. But that's part of it. It is. It's, every part of it. Yeah. And, like, the first six weeks, I would say, or at least the first four weeks of, like, the prep are things that, like, we would warm up with weight-wise. I'm like, this part of the process. Yes. I'm like, it's not just maxing out every day of your life. And it's it's a weird, like, like it's a weird conversation you have to have with yourself that, like, I don't even know what it was I was going to say for a second. With Like, knowing that you're on, like, the right track, but you're not, like, there's going to be days coming up and prep for me and Kirk because we're at the end of it to where it's going to be like a 100% max effort where yeah. we're going to be lifting things that we probably haven't lifted in the, like, since last con- like competition. Right. And now we're going to have to get ready for that. Yeah. But like six weeks ago, we were like powering through workouts like real easy. Just like the earth has seasons, so does your workout program. It shows. Like, and so that's... does I think your mental health. Like, yeah. I go through weird periods and... Oh, yeah. But I think it all ebbs and flows. Most life ebbs and flows from what I've seen. And as long as you can weather those storms without doing something drastic, like crash dieting or, like, binge eating to get bigger, like, if you can season the weird low parts, then you'll be fine. But it's all the... I think people self-panic a lot when it comes to, like, fitness. Because you're not where you were, you're not where you want to be, and then you start cutting corners and doing weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something I think people, especially people when they first 
start out is that there is a level of monotony that is required in order to be successful at this stuff. Like I, it's, I crack up because when I have somebody new that comes into the gym and they're hungry, they're like ready to work and they're doing, they're doing, you know, a combat class and then they're doing a CrossFit class and it's like, yo, it was not programmed to be in that way. Like if you want to get better, do some accessory work, like work on your weaknesses and spend an hour after class doing that. Don't try to just burn yourself into the ground because oh, it's yeah. like, you know, there, it's just kind of that, um, put the pedal to the floor and then you burn yourself out. And mm -hmm. then you wonder too, like I'm doing this day in and day out. And then, you know, you start to not feel good. You start to get injuries. And then if once you do kind of get out of that newbie stage and you plateau, then shit really hits the fan if that's your mentality because you feel like you have to burn yourself out even more. So mm. what are you going to do? Are you going to work out yet another hour on top of that? No, it doesn't make sense. Mm. So it's like you just have to get used to the patient part of it with your deloading and then kick ass and take names when it's time to lift heavy and hard and hit your cycle really hard. And then that's when you see, I mean, I've watched you guys, I've, that's, I've done it myself, yeah. like, you, it pays. That's the weird part, like, through the 10 years of, like, strictly bodybuilding stuff that I think I did throughout, like, my whole 20s, I didn't take more than a week off from the gym, ever. Oh, yeah. Like, people, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't either. think I took more than three to four days off in a week, and that's usually because I was sick. Yeah. Even yeah. when I was sick, I'm like, I gotta get back in the gym as soon as possible. Like, I thought resting was the devil. <laughs> and like now we're forced into rest and even for like powerlifting like the whole last week of powerlifting for competition is usually not lifting almost anything right it's just like letting your body completely rest for a week and it's fucking mind-numbing yeah because you're just like all right like last week i just lifted a buttload and now you're saying don't lift anything right yeah for a week and it's weird because it's like I wasn't programmed to do that and the David Goggins like no days off yeah that's that why I'm like nah about he like I said it has its place it has its like moments where you have to apply that level of intensity yeah. but we, we're cyclical creatures exactly like you were saying and you have to have that downtime with it like mm. we sleep every night you know what I mean like well, yeah, and that's where the recovery, and that's where the biggest like, because after, because we do three weeks of progression on one deload, by week three, like, I'm sore, like things are like moving kind of like in sludge, and it's weird because I'm like, I know I'm strong enough to lift some of these things because I did it a week ago, and then like you take that deload and that first week back, like stuff doesn't hurt, mm -hmm. stuff's moving fast, and you're like, all right, see. Guess it's all <laughs> it makes sense. Well, it's, yeah, it's also the, the nutrition that week too, man. Like sometimes you don't, you just won't hit carbs enough, like the day before, or like the morning of. So you, your body's got nothing to run off of. I eat lots of mac and cheese now. <laughs> I see that all the time in class. Mac and cheese. There, mm -hmm. yes. Nice. Um, I see. I see people all the time. They're, it's kind of like repeat offenders. They don't eat enough, and you know, we let's say we have like a five a five round yeah. for time. They're starting in on round two and they're like pale. They're they yeah. have no coloring, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's you gotta eat. Like you have to get the food in. So, well, thanks so much, guys, for hanging out with me. I hope you all yeah. enjoyed this. We we'll have to do this again. Yeah, there's lots more we can talk about. Absolutely. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. Catch you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Never Set a Life podcast. I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. 
If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at never settle life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever felt like there's something inside of you and, and it just knows, it knows where you're going and you're so busy doubting yourself and you're so busy